What a, what a joy and privilege, hey? Um, to hear those true um, testimonies uh, in the season that they're in. Um, this morning, I guess, uh, one of the things I want to do, this is the last Sunday's 10.30 service for the year. Uh, and some people are excited, great. I think that's a good thing, I'm not sure. Um, now, when it comes to the end of the year, it's interesting. Um, I'm not sure what you're like. Uh, I'm not sure if you're someone who's really excited about 2020. Who's excited about 2020? One person, two, four. Uh, some who are not excited, really, about 2020. These are the people who are feeling it inside. Uh, yep. How many of you don't really care? Quite a few. All right, cool. Uh, well, what I want to do this morning, I guess, is and briefly, is um, to get us to, to get our hearts and our minds focused really uh, away from what is happening now and what might be even coming in 2020 for you, uh, but really to focus on what matters. Uh, so if you have a Bible with you, can you turn to Hebrews chapter 12? Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, if you don't have a physical copy of this Bible, please grab that. Uh, it's our gift to you. It's up here on the screen too, if you would like to. Um, we're going to basically camp out in this passage uh, this morning. Here is God's Word. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely... And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come before you this morning. We ask, since you know us so intimately, that you would speak to each of us individually, but also as a church community. We pray this in your name. Amen. Uh, And friends, if you have a little one, uh, and if you're feeling they're getting a bit restless, we don't mind the noise. It's great. So all good. And at any point, you want to grab a drink of water from up the back, get up and do that. I won't be offended. If you want to go into the cool room and cool yourself down, then come out and say, oh, he's still speaking. Um, I won't be offended. And that room there, the new cry room, is really cold and cool. So you can go in there too. What I want to do this morning is to focus on two things. One, from verse 1, talking about our examples and our call. And then in verses 2 to 3, our focus and our hope. Uh, for me, New Year's, and particularly the end of the year, I'm that guy who gets quite reflective. Uh, I consider the year that's already been. Uh, I consider the things that I achieved, didn't achieve, I wish I had achieved. Uh, I'm not sure what you're like when it comes to this, as I was saying earlier. Uh, I'm not sure if you're that person who does New Year's resolutions. Do many of you do that? I don't know. Not really? Yeah? No? Has any of you got any kind of New Year's resolution at all? Some? Yeah? Well, see, um, it's interesting. I found this graph. Uh, I did some research and found this graph about New Year's resolution. It's up here on the screen, Kiming. 
How long will you keep your New Year's resolution? Purple, a month. Blue, a week. Green, I already forgot what they were. Now, I'm not sure if that's you. That's definitely me. But see, when it comes to um, new starts, there's something in us that goes, I really like this, you know? Uh, Starting afresh, it stirs something in us. But see, it's interesting. The Bible's perspective about resolutions and new starts are all through it, but it's actually based on the life of people. When it comes to looking of what is ahead, it actually talks about looking back. For the writer in Hebrews that we just read, he speaks of firstly in verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. He's reminding the, the people that he's writing to, he's saying to them, Hey, look! I want you to look. Look at the examples of the people. And other real strong languages, the throng, the multitudes of people. These are witnesses. They're not just people, but witnesses. What are they witness to? Well, if you flick across to Hebrews 11, this is what it says. In verse 1, Now faith is the assurance of things hopeful, for the conviction of things not seen. For by it the peoples of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. For the multitudes, or for the witnesses, what really anchored them in seasons of great trial, and you look down that list, there was trial, there was temptations, there was persecution, there was death, there was even afflictions. They had this outlook grounded in faith. And this language, as John already said before, faith is not some sort of just Christian lingo word that we throw out. It has some real beautiful depth to it. So they might not have fully understood it at the time. It wasn't fully revealed for them till later. Their belief was not actually in themselves. Their belief was in someone. One they had not yet fully seen or heard. Uh, This word faith is like saying they were so convinced. They had strong belief. And it was in relationship to God's relationship with man. It was the conviction that God himself exists. That he is the creator and ruler of all things. That he is the provider of the most important thing in life. That is eternal salvation. And that is now fulfilled in Jesus Christ. This is the conviction, this faith is the conviction, sold out belief that Jesus is the Messiah and he's the only way that one can gain eternal life. So these people are convinced, they're witnesses to this. They're witness to the one who has always existed, the one who gives salvation in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is their object or their focus. He's the focus for them in all their lives. That's this future that they were looking to. And friends, that's also true for you and I today as we look into the new year. In a sense, uh, for them and for us, it's like looking back, looking back to a a list of people. Now, I know that often in uh, the Christian world, we call them heroes of the faith. I don't know about you, if you go through their life, not all of them are that quite, I would call, heroes. 
but their gaze was not on themselves. Their gaze was on the one who would always be the fulfiller of, his pro- of the promises. And that's why the call is to lay aside in verse 1. And their motivation for these witnesses wasn't about, oh, now it's, we're going to try to be really awesome. No. It was about being faithful to the one who is the amazing God. And their faith and conviction, despite of their circumstances, was in Him and His promises. And this is this language of laying aside anything and everything. And in the language here is to say anything that's causing you to sin. Anything that will impact your relationship with Jesus Christ. Because the examples here ultimately point to the faithful God. And you know what, friends? That is the same for you and I, is it not? Our focus is Him. That's our call. But what is that foundation? What does that actually look like? See, in the verses here, then and now, there's a call to run a particular race. Now, this race is not like a a sprint race, but I would probably call it more of a long-distance marathon. It is the long game. I don't know about you, when it comes to long-distance Going for a long race, it's quite countercultural. Uh, we live in a world, you and I, that constantly wants something fast, quick. How many of you, uh, I'm not looking at anyone, but how many of you, when that moment when the internet's not working fast enough, what do you do? Oh, look how slow it is today. We want things quickly. When you and I put Google Maps in and look our way to get somewhere, we're always looking for the fastest, quickest way. Friends, here in the Hebrew writer, when he's writing us, they're reminding them and us the Christian journey is not some sort of quick race or a quick fix. It is a long race. And it is also often a hard race, and it can be challenging. Uh, the language here is a language of endurance. It's an endurance athlete. Uh, another way to put it is that this language of steadfastness. Uh, steadfast, another way is they say they're consistent. They're focused, they're consistent. There's deliberate purpose in the way that they're running their race. It's not just running for the sake of running. They're patiently, steadfastly, just running one step at a time. Enduring with perseverance. It is a picture of the long game. And this is the call for anyone who is a follower of Jesus. And this is what goes totally against the world you and I live in. It's countercultural. I mean, I don't know about you. Often in this time of year, you have these kind of advertisement campaigns. Eight weeks to your summer body. Twelve steps to the better you. Now, I want you to imagine for a moment, I'm 41 years old. I know you're saying, how? I know, I moisturize. Um, I'm okay, I embrace it. Um, But imagine for a moment, I see an ad, and it says something like this, 40 years to the better you. 40 years to your summer body. I'm wondering, in my flesh, what looks more appealing to you and I? Is it not the quick fix? Friends, this is the call if you're a follower of Jesus. It is always the long game. It's the long race. It's to run with steadfastness. 
whether if it's in seasons of discipline from the Lord, whether if it's in seasons of great trial or seasons of great joy, challenges or death or even new life. This is our call. How many of you are pumped up about that? How exciting does that sound? Some of you, maybe. What do I do here? Do I nod? Friends, this is why I love the Hebrew writer because they say this is humanly impossible. And there's a reason for that because it is about turning our focus away from ourselves and as John has alluded to it already, putting our hope in someone else. Verse 2, 3, Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may grow weary, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. A few years back, I went on a men's ministry outing, and they had a camp, and like any men's ministry, what they do is they kind of be manly and do manly stuff. Uh, and, and you're looking at me going, where is this going to go, Shabu? But come with, just walk along with me. And they went, decided to go for this massive hike up to this big mountain. Now I'm standing at the bottom of this mountain, and there's, you know, young guys, they want to do this thing. Who's going to be the fastest to get up there? And they bolt, and they try the really hard, extreme course. Uh, and then there's the easy option. I'm like, that's me. And I remember going up on this walk, praying, please, Lord. Don't let me get lost. There's not many Indians that are mountaineers for a reason. And I'm sitting and thinking to myself, why am I doing this? I could easily Google Earth it and look like what this mountaintop looks like. Why even bother climbing up this mountain? I'm thinking about the older guys down the hill who are having a barbecue, having a drink, just taking it easy. I wish I was down there, but no, young guys have gone ahead and I need to keep up with them somehow, even though it's the easy thing. So I go up there and I'm complaining all the way. And then there's this moment when I get to the top of the mountain and everyone is standing there in silence, gazing at the beauty and wonder and majesty. Speechless. For a moment I have this thing run through my head, Shabu, stop looking at this track that you're complaining on, gaze at me. Friends, I think this is the reality for you and I. It's not about a run, the race kind of thing that we just grit our teeth and suck it up. No, it is actually to turn our heart gaze away from ourselves and to run the race ahead of us steadfastly, but to the one who has gone before us to turn our gaze to this Jesus. We look to Jesus. You know what happens when you and I look more and more to Jesus? He becomes more and more beautiful. He becomes more and more glorious, even in the most challenges of circumstances. The language here to turn our gaze is actually to turn away from something else. And particularly in this context, turn away from the sin, but to lock your eyes onto Jesus because he is the one who's the chief leader. He's the one who's the pioneer. He's the one who's gone before you and I. Did you know that Jesus understands every single circumstance you've gone through because he's unlike any other God. He came into this world and he knows exactly how you feel. And because he's also the perfect one, he's our highest example of faith. 
He's the one who's gone before us and he's done it. Now I want you to ponder on this for a moment, friends. Ponder on this. This is the one, as we explored this year in the Gospel of John, that speaks of the one who has always existed, that he and the Father are one. He is the life giver. This is the one who the Father says, this is the one I'm pleased in. The one who has whole authority to forgive sin, to heal and even raise the dead. And then the one in the click of a finger, this world would stop. But this one does not avoid trial. This Savior doesn't avoid the suffering. That Savior doesn't avoid the heartache. He is a pioneer leader who dives into it because he knew what was to come. His focus was directly beyond his suffering. He knew in that moment there's something waiting for him. And this is not some sort of deity that, you know, had this super pain tolerance. No, the Hebrew writer is making a sense for us, an example. It's a moment for us to go in whatever season you and I are in, we can look to the one who's gone before us, this one who endured the cross. Because of his perfect faith, he was willing to disregard the shame. Because his trust was in the Father, the one who would be able to give him his rightful place. This is actually an allusion to an old psalm in Psalm 110. In other words, it's like saying Jesus took his Father's word as it is. He believed just as his Father said. His faith was perfect. And this idea here is to say to look to him. Another way to say it is consider. Another way to put it is ponder. The one who endured from sinners such hostility against him so that you and I may not grow weary and faint-hearted. In that moment, whether we face opposition from the world or those who hate Jesus, we can ponder on the one who has endured. We can ponder our hearts in those moments of weary and tiredness in the one who understands weary and tiredness. Christian friends, I know for many of you, 2019, you are weary. Are you not? Are you weary, Christian friend? Maybe you're weary from the constant sense of wave after wave of trial, challenges, or maybe it's the very hostility of the enemy and the world that we live in. Weary friend. God says, think and ponder on the one who knows exactly how you feel. And take comfort. Please don't give up. Because he definitely has not given up on you. God has given us examples in his words, not to gaze in a sense at them and ourselves, but to look at who they looked at. This life is now not a sprint, but an endurance race. It's not about self-sheer determination by gazing at our wonderful Savior who understands deeply what we're going through and you and I can put our hope in. So maybe this year, maybe tonight, tomorrow, before January 1st comes, here's some things to consider as we wrap up. Here's some New Year's resolutions for you to consider. If you are not a follower of Jesus, you might try to live your life with self-will and determination You can do things on your own strength, friends. You can't. 
there's someone who offers something far greater and better, himself. And I'm not here to tell you that if you become a follower of Jesus, life is going to be awesome. It might probably, most probably won't. But you have a saviour who understands. So we would invite you to explore that with us in 2020. If you're a follower of Jesus and maybe you're someone who does New Year's resolutions and maybe there's some great temp- sort of momentary ones, all good, wonderful, good thing to do, can I encourage you to consider something? One of the New Year's resolutions that you could consider is to talk to some clouds of witnesses who've gone before you, both in the Bible and others in our midst. What if every Sunday, let's start small, that rather than just talking to the friends that you do, you should, go and talk to someone who's a bit older than you. I'll let you judge what that means. And ask them about their relationship with Jesus. It'll be awkward. It's okay. Hopefully we're gracious and loving with each other. I had that experience this week when I met with an older couple in our church who's been here since the start of this church, actually. Uh, and I went there to minister to them and I remember sitting in the car driving going, man, that was the most encouraging thing I've ever done. As they shared story after story of God's faithfulness in loved ones walking away from the Lord to um, businesses dry, falling apart to constant reminders that God is faithful. If you're a re- list writer and your New Year's resolution, here's some things to consider. Maybe one of your New Year's resolutions should be Growing in knowing Jesus more. That's a good place to start. Maybe there's that sin that constantly knocks on your door, wanting you to submit to it. Rather than doing it in your own effort, why don't you look to Jesus? What do I mean by that? One example was given to me by a good friend of mine. So in the Gospel of John, you have all the I am statements. Why don't you write that out? Next time you're tempted, why don't you say those I am statements and focus on Jesus? One that's been really helpful for me in moments, and this week in particular, is when I'm being tempted and and frustrated and I'm anxious, and I remember a friend of mine challenged me to memorize this from Colossians 1. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him and through him all things were created. Sometimes, like I heard before, I say it out loud. I look like a maniac in the car. Maybe you're in the suffering and trial of the moment. Pray that Jesus becomes bigger, that he's the one that will continue to grow in you. What that means does not mean he will take it away and sort it out for you. He might not. What do I mean by looking to Jesus? It might mean something like this. Jesus, I really do not want to go through this. I really don't. But you know what? You understand what this feels like. I remember when you were in the garden, you said to the Father, Father, if you're willing, take this cup away from me, but not my will, but yours be done. Lord Jesus, please help me to pray such a lot of that. Friends, the other thing is, if you looked in this passage, therefore, since we, circle that, surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us, circle that, and sin clings close, let us, circle that. The Christian walk and race is not a solo race. It's meant to be done in community and fellowship. So maybe this year, coming up, who are two or three people that you will say, 
hey, in the midst of catching up and talking about stuff and life and footy scores and whatever else you talk about, hey, can we commit to maybe reading together and praying together? Work it out. Who are those people that God might stir you to do? And run the race together. Our great example and testimonies are there in the Word to remind us of God's faithfulness. Our call is to run the race, the long game. Our focus is Jesus, our hope. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are our great hope. And as this year comes to an end, may we be a church that continues to grow, to constantly get our gaze on you. And as we sing this last song, may our hearts and our eyes turn to you in your name.